In our first episode, Zone of Genius, we talked about StrengthsFinder 2.0, but we mostly just referenced it. And today we want to dive in a little bit further into a little bit more in depth into StrengthsFinder 2.0 by Tom Raff and the personality assessment, why it is so helpful to us and how it's been so beneficial to us throughout our, our careers and uh, over the last 10 years since we started taking this assessment. This is Marketing Breakthrough. Whether you've been at it for years in your job, you own your own company, you're crushing the side hustle, or you're just getting started, outside perspective is crucial. I'm Jay. And I'm India. And it's time for a breakthrough experience in your marketing journey. Let's get to it. I'm not a big fan of personality profiles uh, <laughs> because... I don't always think that it's entirely helpful. I feel like a lot of times they they speak in code and riddles and sometimes it can be difficult to understand. Or Since manipulated. Then, like or sometimes manipulated. they can be changed, yeah. Um, yeah, because certain people know exactly what the... Uh, certain people are really good at taking tests and they know exactly what they need to say in order to... Um, in order to ad- address and achieve the result that they want. That's usually me. And, um, <laughs> and so... You know, we go through these tests a lot of times and and it asks like if you were in a, you know, in a crowd of people and someone was hurt, would you run to their aid? And you're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. That would be me. And and a lot of times we're not entirely honest enough to say, no, honestly, that probably wouldn't be me. And so what I liked about StrengthsFinder, though, was that um, as we went through it, there there could have been things that were manipulated by other people. But what I found uh, the most helpful, the most exciting was that it gave me an understanding of things that I was doing that I didn't have an explanation for. Mm. Right. Um, and so as I went through, and I don't know if you had this, but I started reading through the the strengths and the thing that I was confused by or a little bit um, perplexed by was that the the titles of the strengths didn't always line up to what their definitions were. Mm-hmm. Like the definition was different than you would initially frame that word as being defined as. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was kind of interesting to me. Um, and it was it was a great process in in discovering like who I am and why it is that I do the things that I do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was your uh, stand uh, your uh, takeaway, the standout takeaway as we went through StrengthsFinder? Yeah, no, I um when I first took it the first time because we've taken it multiple times since then, it's always important to, you know, if you're wanting to people change. If you're wanting to stay up to date, you know, go on and take the test again, but the first I think time it's I, good for about 2 years or so. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So. Um, the first time I took the test, um, first thing was, uh, I'd done lots of personality tests before. And like I said, I was pretty good at manipulating them to, you know, it, it was always like, it's not just who you are. It's, it's, it, you would answer the questions as who you want to be, or, or rather who you want to be perceived as it, it, you could manipulate it almost to be like the Instagram version of yourself. Um, and the thing that, um, so surprised me while I was taking the test was first off, it was long. It was like at least 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Um, and then also I couldn't, I didn't know where the questions were going. Like it wasn't like, oh, if I just answer this answer, then, you know, it's going to suggest that I'm this way. And I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't manipulate it. And um, so it was really nice to be able to just stop overthinking it and just, you know, enjoy the journey. Um, but for me, I mean, you know, this is I, I've always analyzed myself. I'm pretty good at, you know, knowing, uh, who I am and how I am and, you know, the positives and negatives and, you know, just like really knowing, uh, the direction that I should probably be taking and sometimes when I don't. And so with StrengthsFinder is it didn't, it wasn't as exciting for me to find out the things about myself because I I did know that a lot about myself. I wouldn't have, you know, just written those titles as it has for the, you know, the top five strengths, but that part wasn't as much of a surprise as seeing then 
oh, every strength has a negative. And that was something that was really inspiring to me is recognizing that, you know, when you read the first 30 pages of the book, that was always my favorite part was A, the book was short. (laughs) That was awesome. Loved that. Um, But then B, because it says, you know, we're not trying to create a world of mediocre people. We want to recognize that everyone has strengths and weaknesses and to stop focusing so hard on your weaknesses and focus more on your strengths and how you can strengthen them further. And for me, with all of my strengths, there is a negative side to that is even with raising our daughter is I say, you know, she's so strong and powerful, but I don't want her to like steamroll other little kids with that strength. And so in the same way is that I have my top five strengths and there's the negative side. So then I recognize, okay, I want to use my strengths for good rather than for bad. And how can I, you know, be the better version of me? And not only that, but then recognizing that there is a world of other people out there with tons of different strengths and different combinations of strengths. And how can I help support them to be the better versions of themselves? Yeah. Well, and I think the example that he used, and that was so uh, captivating to me when uh, 10 years back was reading through and, and he talks, he uses the analogy, I believe it might be, it might be slightly different. So I'm paraphrasing, but um, he uses the analogy of like, you have a math student and an art student. And so the, the math student is really good at math and mediocre or even subpar at art and through elementary school we try to push that student to be better at art and we take the art kid and who's really good at art and he's mediocre at math and we say okay well you need to be better at math so we're not going to focus on your art we're going to focus on the math heavily and in the end all you create is like you mentioned mediocre people Mm -hmm. and instead of instead of creating phenomenal people Mm -hmm. in their strengths and in the areas where they're already close to being phenomenal. Well, and I mean, we know this as you become an adult and you realize like, why, why did it matter so much that I, you know, if you were terrible at math, why did it matter so much that you were good at math when you could have fostered that artistic side and who knows what uh, beauty you could have created had you been focusing on those areas? Yeah. And I think there's a balance to that. I oh, mean, absolutely. There's, there's basic math skills that, oh, that yeah. you need to know. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> um, but for, you know, for kids that are, are struggling with that and you know, it's not for a lack of uh, of paid attention, it's just their, their brain just doesn't work that way. And so instead of creating a student that, um, you know, is able to hate life and struggle through... Um, like trigonometry instead focusing on the areas that they're really good at. And, and this, that's just one example, but that, that's what really stood out to me. And I think as we, as we went through and we started identifying these strengths and it's been, I probably need to retake the test again because it's, it has been a few years, but as we went through and took these and I started to identify and I started to see, um, what these strengths were it helped me to understand the areas, some of the things that I was doing naturally that I didn't understand or have a definition for why. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also helped me to understand the things that I was, we'll say, wasting time on that I was not great at. The things that I could push away from myself to someone else who could. Um, uh, and a lot of times I think culturally we, we define that as, uh, you know, sloughing our responsibility as we try to push that off on somebody else. Like delegation and or like no, a I worse it's, version it's of negative. that? I don't think gotcha. del- delegation isn't, um, I think delegation comes from a place of maturity mm-hmm. and a, a place of wisdom. Whereas when we, when we're shifting responsibility, we think a lot of times it's, well, I don't want to do this and I don't think I'm very good at this. Like mm-hmm. my, my strength is not detail. Uh, my strength is more big picture vision type of thing. And so, and that's why you and I work really well together mm-hmm. is because you can pick up that, that detail side of things. But culturally, I think that, that we see that as, okay, well, I'm just pushing off my 
detail work mm -hmm. to you. But instead, what's happening is that you are accomplishing this detail work far better than I would be able to. Mm -hmm. You're doing it in a fraction of the time that I would be able to. And you are happier doing it. I am, yeah. Than mm -hmm. I am. Well, pause right there because this is something that I wanted to mention as well is that the reason that Strengths Finder is the those strengths is so important. It's not just looking at someone's personality. And we, and we talked about this with Zone of Genius is that you're helping define where a person flourishes and is satisfied and happy in their lives and what they're doing. And so when you're talking about you being more big picture, if I can take away those detail things because I feel satisfied and excited and like I'm flourishing when I can focus and create those details and you feel satisfied and like you're flourishing when you can focus on big picture. And if you've got detail work, it just... It's almost like a roadblock for you. You don't, you can't just step past it. And then in the same way, if I've got big picture work, if it's not in that quite just right spot, then I all avoid it for weeks before it actually gets done. And even still, I'm doing a terrible job. And I don't think terrible is accurate. Well, I, I determine it as being, well, compared to you. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, and I, and I mostly think that it, it just comes from a, an excitement and a passion for yeah. what we're doing and, mm -hmm. and getting caught in the, the detail work. Uh, there's, there's always going to be things that you're going to have to do that you don't necessarily enjoy doing, but to some extent it's, it's still fun to do them. It's fun to be a part of them. It's fun. Um, like, or we have to do them at least, and we can find the joy in that. But, but within within Strengths Finder, and I want to address the reason that it's helpful in marketing, and the reason that it relates to um, our podcast, to our business, and what we do, and to those listening, is because finding your strengths, I think, is going to be a key piece in understanding what it is that you can do. Mm -hmm. and what it is that you are not great at and being okay with that mm -hmm. and being able to possibly push that aside and say, hey, we need to bring in someone else to do this or, um, you know, whether it's a, another employee or a contractor or whatever the case is, or we need to bring in someone to, uh, to oversee this mm -hmm. and, and, and I think some of the most valuable team members are the ones that can recognize those things about themselves mm -hmm. and saying, I'm not the best for this position or a hundred percent of this position is too much for one person. And we need to bring in someone else to take on 20, 30, 40, 50% of this, um, in order to do it well. Mm -hmm. And, and going to the leadership team and saying, Hey, in, in all honesty, like you can keep paying me to do this. You can keep having me do this, but it's not going to get done nearly as well as if we were to bring in someone who's better. Mm -hmm. And well, speaking to the bosses, I, those, you know, those leaders of leaders out there as I, I want to really press in on this because something that really gave, I believe Jay and I a leg up when we first started in our careers was when our boss was going through the strengths finder program with us. And he had said that if we had worked really, really hard to replace ourselves, whether it was through volunteers or, you know, saying like delegating part of our work or bringing in people to help us out. If we had, if we did that, those things really well and almost replaced ourselves in our jobs fully, he would never fire us. Mm -hmm. He said that that would tell him that we were, um, more valuable and therefore he would give us more responsibility or he would put us in a better spot because that was more important to him than just replacing us or getting rid of us or whatever. And because even still as if we're delegating that much work, we're obviously managing all those people. And that is something that, you know, you just can't let go of. And so, uh, it well, was to, to clarify. So we were in a nonprofit environment mm -hmm. and, we had a large, a large volunteer base. And so 
finding somebody that could do the work was one thing, but finding somebody who could teach other people Mm -hmm. and empower other people to do that work was a totally different thing. Yeah. And so our jobs were more, um, uh, like I remember when it, when it hit me and when it rang true and when I, when I, when it finally clicked, I should say, um, that the best way that I could, if I was doing the job, my job to the best of my ability meant that I was doing very little yeah. of my job. And so I, well, and for me, it, I, it, it, my light bulb moment in that environment was then suddenly, Oh, my job, my nine to five or three or whatever time it was, was suddenly not doing the tasks that were on the sheet that I was hired to do. My job was suddenly managing the people and loving on them and getting them coffee and checking on them and all those great things, managing those people who were doing my job and accomplishing all those tasks. And it, it made me realize like that was that moment that I thought, Oh my gosh, like I love this. Mm -hmm. And it taught me that I loved the job itself, but that's, that's where I fell in love with coaching and just being able to help encourage people, not only within the work itself, but then recognizing that there is a whole person behind this and how can we, you know, equip and encourage them uh, to just be able to, you know, do better in life. Yeah. And, and StrengthsFinder was, was really helpful in that. Of yeah. Finding, uh, finding those areas where, where your work wasn't going to be as effective coming from you, mm-hmm. but it was going to actually make sense for you more so to empower somebody else to do your job. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so like one of the things that I found out was, uh, if I, if I look at my strengths and so, um, uh, the, the strengths finder book is great cause it gives you a spot to write them down in on the, the front cover of the book. Um, but I started, uh, one of the strengths is futuristic mm-hmm. and that was my, my top at the time. Like I said, I need to redo it. Um, but it was futuristic. And what it allowed me to see was, okay, the reason that when we start talking about, about things of the future and initially I was like, Oh, futuristic, like, you know, spaceman and you know, all this <laughs> space force. Um, it, it made me start wondering like, okay, well, is that why I get so excited about anything having to do with what's next? Mm-hmm. And And that was exactly it of like, it was really cool. And it was encouraging to me that it wasn't just, um, it, it wasn't just me like taking a rabbit trail and a tangent from every single conversation. It was that that was actually the, the thing that was a strength of mine. So instead of trying to focus on just here and now to be able to focus on bigger picture, future, Mm -hmm what's next stuff was actually the best way for me to be able to use my strength. And well, going back to the, the example that I used of, of our daughter, right? You think about kids in school and how teachers are, um, encouraged, mind you, to expect all, you know, 20 or 30 of their students to fit into this box and, Mm -hmm they have to learn a certain way. And, and now, I mean, you know, times have changed and people are acknowledging dyslexia as a thing and, um, and kids might need other, you know, different ways of learning and whatnot, but there's always those kids that are kind of left behind because they don't fit that box. And so Mm -hmm. take someone like you, for example, who, um, you're taught almost from a very, very young age that you have to focus in a conversation and be present in the conversation. But, Uh, let's say there's a little kid version of you who has a strength of futuristic and you're in this, you're, to be fair, I was a little kid version of me. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Go with it. Um, but you're like, let's say you're sitting on the carpet and the teacher's talking and you know, every, all these little kids are just learning. Right. And you're supposed to be focusing and paying attention to what the teacher said, but maybe the teacher says something that just explodes in your brain and suddenly you're off on this, like what we would refer to as a tangent or you would be getting quote unquote distracted um, when really you are operating in your strength of futuristic planning and you've got all of these ideas and it's just like, Oh, it's so exciting and you're so passionate and you feel like it's amazing. And then suddenly you get in trouble, you know, and you get, you get like, (laughs) 
obviously you didn't get like a ruler to the hand because <laughs> that's super old school. But um, was loud like, I was there. yeah, yeah. But you got in trouble, right? And yeah. it sucks because then you're taught like, no, you need to be present. You need to stop getting distracted. You need to stop thinking about those things. When really, stop what thinking the teacher about fun things? I know. Really, what the teacher should should say is, oh, what are you thinking about? Talk to us about it. Let's, you know, how can we bring this into the part of the conversation? And that's you know, using that analogy is it, it may seem silly, but it's also something that's very, very real. And it applies to the work environment and how you can have people on your team that have ideas and it's so easy to shut them down. And yet there are times that, I mean, you know, this is that you are just bursting with ideas all the time. And there are times that in the past where you came, you brought an idea and I said no, or I would shut it down or, or whatever. And, and it sucked and it it was like painful almost for you. And yet as I learned how I could kind of communicate with you and understand where you were coming from, then I realized that, okay, there's a better way to talk about this and handle it. And some ideas are amazing and some ideas aren't as amazing, but you know, how can we write them down? How can we acknowledge that they're still a very, very important part of what you bring to the table? Yeah. And, and a lot of those, a lot of those ideas, we were just talking about different things. And and in those conversations is that you would, you started asking, okay, is this actually, is this just like a a dreaming for fun conversation or is this real? Mm -hmm. And and so that it was took a lot of practice to learn. It <laughs> was a, a fun, a fun definitive. I think last week we talked about reading, you know, reading uh, facial expressions and um, and how we can um, address those. I guess when we tell somebody something and we see their facial expression drop and change and 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 so you would you would change and I would I would get concerned and get wrapped up in mm-hmm. in that and. Uh, but it is, it, it was something that was just a strength. And I remember like, um, I think this is so useful. So whether you're in marketing or you're a parent or whatever, I think it's so helpful because, um, even as a kid, I remember, I remember providing direction for adults in my life. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the, one of the examples of that was I was nine years old and I went to Sweden for a month with my grandparents and I was obviously riding in the back seat of the car while my grandparents would drive <laughs> and we would be going somewhere and I couldn't speak the language, but I had seen the name of where we were going and I can match up letters on signs. So although I didn't, you know, I didn't know what it translated into, it didn't really matter. Like I could see that like that sign, um, they had roundabouts before roundabouts in the States were a thing. And I remember like reading signs and, and saying like, I think we have to go that way. And, but I was nine. So like, you're just a kid, like you don't know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. but if they would have listened to me, we would have saved so much time by not <laughs> having to turn around. And, uh, I'm just envisioning you driving circles in the roundabout, like over and over and over. Well, we would have, except for my grandpa was so terrified. Like he would not go around and around in the roundabout. Like he was very anti, like, like you have to get off before you make a 360 degree loop. Like you have to get out of the circle. And my grandma would say, just keep going, keep like, wait for a minute. And then he would take a turn because he just panicked and got nervous. And I don't know what it was. I think it was just, you know, maybe the embarrassment of being seen again or whatever. But I mean, then these were massive roundabouts too. Um, But anyway, all that to say, like sometimes we, I think we can downplay the input that people have because we don't understand how their brain is working. Mm -hmm. And in a team environment or, or even with ourselves, we can get frustrated with ourselves for, you know, your, your job is to work on, let's say social media. But if your brain doesn't work that way then it might be discouraging mm-hmm. um or maybe you are great at coming up with the the captions you're great at coming up with uh, and picking out photos but you don't really know what direction 
all of the content is supposed to take. So you can't really come up with a campaign. And what you're doing then feels kind of empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because although I'm, I have the, the strength of futuristic, you understand campaigns more. Mm-hmm. So you can say, okay, your goals are, um, and I don't actually know what if, if this pertains to one of your strengths. So I'll ask you to jump in if it does. But you can see those goals. We identify, if we're working with a client to identify a, a marketing campaign, then you'll say, okay, 12 to 18 months down the road, you want to complete A, B, and C. Okay, in order to do that, then we should be focusing on posting A, B, and C. And you're able to help with that. Whereas that that's something that's really, that can be hard for me to identify. Usually I can contribute little pieces. You can get all all the detail stuff into writing and you can help help identify that. But then I also come in with the the creative side of things of, hey, this is how we address all of those, all of those topics, mm-hmm. or here's how we can creatively reach those, those goals and, and accomplish part of this campaign. So anyway, I'm curious if you have, if there's something in StrengthsFinder that lends itself to you being better at the campaign side of things. Oh, um, you know, I think that it, it's all of them actually. Um, because I was looking at them and I was like, Oh, that does. And that does. And that does. So my number one is, what are your five strengths? Okay. Yeah. I'll just read all five. Yeah. So it's communication, individualization, empathy, activator, and relator. And so I know that communication, individualization, relator, and empathy help me understand people. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm and understanding anyone, anyone that knows you knows that communication is, it's gotta be up there. Oh my gosh. I talk so much. <laughs> no. And it's not, it's not just talking though. Is I, it's not, it's not just that someone talks. It's that I love to communicate and I love the act of communication with other humans. And so being able to engage in conversation with people is so valuable and life-giving to me and which I think this is really funny as a side note but I think that it's important to mention is that I am not an extrovert and I am but I'm also not an introvert and I'm I'm both that's where labels get us in trouble I know they they do and I mean I I think it's technically an ambivert I I sure hope I said that right but to recognize that I there are times that I can be more introverted and I need some alone time. I'm not you where we can have, you know, a giant party and there's a hundred people there and the party's over finally. And there's all this stuff to clean up. And you say, man, that was so energizing. <laughs> and that's when I say, Oh my gosh, I need a break. That's, that's where few, the line is. Or a few weeks ago, like I, it would not have been your thing, but going away, I was at an event for four days and and what I told you when I was done, because we hadn't talked, I hadn't mm-hmm. called you throughout that that week, and it was four days, and aside for about six hours that I was sleeping each night, I was having active conversations with different people, mm-hmm. which I would not have been your thing. No, and I mean, it's good, and I'll go, and I'll love that, and I'll talk until my throat hurts, like that's how much... I, I will put myself out there, but I will have those moments where you hide, you know, in your room or, um, those of you that understand it's not that weird is that if you're at an event, you actually go and hide in the bathroom and you'd like take a breath and you calm down and then you're like, okay, I'm geared up. I'm ready to go. And then you go out and do it again. You I've go talk to people. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, but for me is it's, that's, that's something that, that happens. And I, I love communication, but I recognize that uh, like talking to people or even being extroverted, it takes practice. No one is stuck in a certain spot. And that's why I don't like the labels is it's cause it's, you know, Oh, this is solid. This is how it is. It's like set in stone, but you can teach yourself to talk to people and be more okay with absolutely. People. Yes. And when we were working in that nonprofit area, it was, um, uh, you know, I had to learn how to force myself. I, I was struggled a lot more with social anxiety back then. And now 
now that's gone. You know, it's still kind of there, but you know, I just push it aside and I move on. Um, but thinking about my strengths is that it is communication is I love the, the conversation with people and, um, and just in any format, whether it's public speaking or, you know, one-on-one. And my other thing is, uh, individualization and relator. And I look at people and I try to understand them at who they are to the core. And the negative that I've constantly like ragged on myself about is that I worry that, you know, I go too deep too fast, but it's because I can pick up on people's personality traits really quickly. And so sometimes there's people that are like not comfortable with that in the beginning at all. And they're like, Whoa, how do you know that about me? Like back off. And so, you know, trying to find that sweet spot. Absolutely. But then with relator is that even in this conversation, I've already used my relator strength that I noticed it about myself is that you had mentioned that you were struggling with, um, how we were talking, how we were communicating about your futuristic ideas. And back when I didn't know how to communicate with you and if I shut them down, but then my relator, you know, strength kicks in and I'm trying to not only just empathize with you, but then see, okay, well then how can I bridge that gap? And it's not just recognizing it. It's, it's also doing something about it. And so then the detail side of campaign creation, because all of these have to do with that is the activator side. And that is, there's a solid positive and a solid negative to the activator. The activator in me jumps in head first and doesn't think. Go now. Go. Jump yes. Now. Let's do it now. Go. Yes. And so uh, there's constantly. Don't think. Just jump. I swear that we have disagreements all the time, like on a weekly basis about how we'll come up with an idea and I'll be like, yes, let's go. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Yeah. Why and didn't you call them now? A whole map for the thing. Do it and now. Like, well, that wasn't a priority. Yeah. And so I'll, I get really excited about that stuff because I believe in it and I can convince just like we were talking about last week with having confidence, I can have so much confidence. I can convince anyone to do something right now. And I have to recognize it. Yeah, I know. Except you. Thank goodness. Yeah. And, but this is where, you know, we, we fit so well. You think about that puzzle piece where it's got all these different shapes and indents and how they fit together so perfectly is that people have asked, I mean, I've had people recently just ask, how do you guys work together? How does that even make sense? And I believe that it's because not only do our strengths naturally fit together, we've found a way for them to fit together. And you and I, there are times that we've worked together on projects that we totally butt heads and it's because we're both trying to lead versus when we have that unified vision and I work really well in my lane and you work really well in your lane. And as long as we stay in those lanes, they will complement so well. And I think that I like that, that in itself is a great analogy to recognize that when you're on a team and you are, you know, maybe you're just a part of the team, maybe you're leading the team, but in an environment where there are people, business, personal, family, whatever, anywhere that exists, you're, everyone has their own baggage and their own history and their own story and their own opinions. And (laughs) everyone's going to share them. That's just how it works. And so you're naturally going to have disagreements or whatever, but if everyone can find within your team or that environment, if everyone can find their lane, their personal strengths and work in that space, you will create beauty. You will create something that is more incredible than you ever have. And you will do it faster and you will feel so fulfilled. Your team will be uh, stronger together than ever apart. You know, it's not like in school where you get, you get put in a group and there's one person that does the whole project and the other kids don't care is suddenly all of them. Everyone in the group is so excited and so passionate about their little piece and it comes together and all that's left is just this wow moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I think one of the, one of the pieces, one of the helpful pieces to, um, to strengths finder is one of the many, but is to, if you can use that to help you find a, we'll call it like an adverse counterpart mm-hmm. to you, depending on what you're running in, you know, in the department, basically someone to bounce ideas against, 
and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. How can you help me make it better? Or how can you help me find why it doesn't work? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, or what do you have to to add to it on, along the lines of better? But um, sometimes we just, we get so wrapped up in, well, I have to struggle through this. And to even be able to get permission, um, you know, whether it's permission, maybe you don't even have to ask, but to go to someone and say, I really need your help brainstorming for this. Mm -hmm. We've got this project. This has to be done. These are our goals. And I need your help on how to, on how to get there. Um, and figuring out what the, you know, the, the easiest possible navigation tool is. I mean, right now we have, we have GPS on our phones and when you plug in directions from point A to point B, it gives you generally the fastest possible route. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it doesn't because there's traffic over there. And so it leads to plan B and which is a, a little bit faster. Um, but really that's what you want is you want somebody that's able to kind of help you be that GPS to say, this is what we want to accomplish. This is what would get us there the fastest. Mm -hmm. um, or to say, hey, that's a great idea, but the route that you're taking is insanely long. Like I have no idea why anyone would go on that roundabout of a journey in order to get the same place. And so uh, when you when you mentioned us working together and us uh, us having, we have we have almost opposite strengths. Mm -hmm. Um we don't have anything we have not in the last we've taken I think we've taken the test three two I think times. I've done it twice, twice. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so we've each taken it twice and we've never had any of the same, strengths. none of the same. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, which is, is difficult, which is difficult in some ways, but it's also helpful in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to learn to work through it and find why it's so advantageous. Um, but in the immediate, it's harder because we don't, we aren't thinking the same. Mm -hmm. And so I actually, I would love to take a second to just brag on you though, because I think that Aww. as uh, <laughs> I'm not paid to do this. Oh, um, I know. Right. I'm sponsoring this episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, because I think that it's something that makes you, you. And I, I talk about this with tons of other people and this always makes you super uncomfortable. So deal with it. Um, but I'll just sit here shaking. I know. Right. Um, but you have, you're humble and you're wise and nothing that you would ever necessarily attribute of, of about yourself because it makes you feel uncomfortable and you, I mean, that's good. Um, but as a leader, you are the first person to recognize your faults. And you are very open about it. And I think that that is, you know, for the, the leaders out there that we're talking, that are listening right now, you need to do that because I have to do that. And we all do to recognize where you're not good and to stop trying to be good in those areas. Stop pushing it because you're, you're either hurting someone or you're doing a poor job or you're not doing it as good. I mean, you're pretty much robbing someone else of the opportunity to perform in their strength and support you because you're trying so hard to do it all yourself. Because honestly, it's a matter of pride. It really is. And so for you, like bragging on Jay is that I, I want to acknowledge that Jay has this ability to say, oh, I'm not good at that constantly. And it's not because you're trying not to do something. It's because you just know like, oh, that's not my strength. I need someone else to step in here. And you know, whether it's commonly the thing I hear is you're talking about, uh, web design stuff. Um, talking like <laughs> talking code language. And that's when you're like, I don't get this at all, but you know how something is supposed to look, or you, you can speak to how it helps with marketing as a whole, but you, you know, all the little details, that's when you're like, no, I need someone else to step in here. And, and I love that because when we started our business in the very, very beginning, um, you had said, I want to bring someone in that has this strength and I want to bring somebody else in that has this strength. 
And so constantly you're searching to hire someone in the areas that you're not good at. And, and I love that. And I absolutely respect that. Um, because you know, we work together because I do the things that you're not good at and you do the things that I'm not good at. And yes, we will clash naturally because, you know, we don't think the same, but we've gotten to this point where we've, we've done this for so long is that we recognize that we are better working together because we're different rather than working on our own. And when you talk about married people working together, people are always just shocked, absolutely shocked. But I think that whether you're married or not, like it applies to people in general is just recognizing that you have to know where you're bad at things and be willing to say, oh, this person or my spouse or whoever is better at them than I am. And it is, I really want to speak to those leaders. Like right now, if you're not doing a good job at this and letting go of things, you're being a bad leader. And I'm speaking to myself too, is because this is an area that I have struggled with so much and you just have to let it go. And well, if you just, do, there's room for improvement. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And if you do, you can create amazing things. You can do a better job. You can, you're going to foster such great, healthy work environments and, or even family. Um, and I think that it's so easy. I love that you pointed out that you were a nine-year-old kid and you know, nobody listens to a nine-year-old kid. And as a parent, there are going to be times that your nine-year-old kid is going to say something to you and they're going to speak into your life and it's your responsibility to listen because they're yeah. getting smarter and that's because of you and it's amazing. Yeah. And so it's, I, I love StrengthsFinder and I love how much we can learn and grow from all of this because it's a recognition that you have amazing strengths, but you can't do it all. And it is, it is something that sets apart, I believe, the just you know, smaller business owners or people who, uh, you know, maybe they're just a little bit grumpy or they, they just can't, they're stuck. They can't grow past a certain amount versus those that are just booming in business and in relationship. And it's just that willingness to let it go. Yeah. The, one of the things that, that I want to mention is a, a strength of mine and it's a strength and a weakness. Um, uh, Back to, you know, back to a, a quick analogy from The Office is <laughs> that, you know, when, when Michael sits down with David Wallace and, and he's like, My, Michael, what are your, your strengths? And, and Michael says, well, my strengths are actually my weaknesses. I work too hard. I care too much. And one other thing. And, and he goes, okay, so, so what are your strengths then? And anyway, um, not entirely relevant, but it, but at the same time, one of my strengths is a, a weakness. And I think all of our strengths can be a weakness mm-hmm. in some way. And there's, um, strengths finder has, if you're not familiar with, with strengths finder, it has the ability to, um, to point out, um, how to work with this person, mm-hmm. like in the pros and cons of certain strengths. Um, so my, my top five, uh, last time it was taken were uh, futuristic, strategic, focus, responsibility, and self-assurance. And and I'd gone through that and I was like, I don't know if those are entirely accurate, but then it gave me some insight on some of the things that I, that I do, as I mentioned earlier. One of them being strategic. And this is one that is a, a strength of mine, but also a, a pretty big weakness. And I'll, I'll explain why. But so under the definition of strategic, it says the strategic theme enables you to sort through the clutter and find the best route. It is not a skill that can be taught. It is a distinct way of thinking, a special perspective on the world at large. This perspective allows you to see patterns where others simply see complexity. So I'm going to say all of that because the example that I have was when I was working on a project um, down in a community space and I had to, I've done this a, a few times, but like, I was building a essentially like a bar that was supposed to um, it was supposed to you know sell snacks and things behind it and um, allow uh, allow people to sit up at it and um, and I was building it and somebody asked me well why don't you get help for that and and it was like it was an L shaped bar that was like ten feet by twelve feet and um, I built it out of like 
really big dimensional lumber. Um, I mean, two by twelves and four by fours and, um, and it was designed to withstand an earthquake because it was going <laughs> to be used by, um, by multiple people. And, and I was building it and I said, because I don't have any plans for it. And somebody said, well, why, why don't you have plans? Like, can somebody help you? Is there, what do we need to cut? And it was, it was all in my head. I saw it. I knew exactly what the numbers were, the lengths of the boards that I needed to cut. I knew exactly how it all needed to go together, but I, I couldn't draw it and articulate it to paper. And so I remember talking to people and they asked how I, you know, they, they had never seen me build anything and they were asking how I was able to figure that out and understand that. And it was just a matter of, that's how my brain works. That mm-hmm. It just makes sense. And and in a lot of ways, I didn't understand why it didn't make sense to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason that I bring this up is because the negative is what I mentioned, that I couldn't have anybody help me because I wasn't articulating it to paper. Um, now, in that case, to be, to be an I- ideal leader, to be more mature, to to bring in more wisdom. Um, at the time I was like 22 years old. And so 23 years old, and I didn't have all of this, this language and understanding to be able to back me up, but it would have made more sense to talk to you Mm -hmm. to talk to India and say, Hey, I want to have you write this down. Um, because one of my biggest things is that I, I can see these these paths i can see these routes and these directions in my head but as soon as i start writing them them down i lose the next one and i lose them and i i can't articulate them all and so it makes more sense for me to talk and verbally process to somebody who can take notes and put them all into a package that makes sense Mm -hmm. so i say that because for every positive there's a negative um, you know, you, you talk, think through the, the famous quote from Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and there's truth to that because with everything that we can do well, mm-hmm. it also brings in something that is greatly inhibited, a strength that we don't have. I also want to point out that, you know, as you were reading that description, another negative side is that it says this cannot be taught. And I think that it's really easy as, as people in general to expect that other people think the way that you think. And this is for me, like the reason that we should have talked during that time is that my job is to relate to you as the relator, but then also to communicate that information. And so it's, it becomes hard because you're struggling to communicate it with me. So then I have to work really hard to figure out what it is that you're trying to say, Um, and then put it into, uh, communicatable, is that a word, um, words to then share with other people. And so uh, commonly, you know, you think about just personal life and being married, right? There's, there's little arguments here and there or frustrations that can come about because, you know, I expect you to think the way that I think, or you expect me to think the way that you think, and it just doesn't exist. And so, uh, Strengths finder. Another thing is to point out that it is so helpful pointing out those negatives is because then you can think, Oh, I need to give other people grace in those areas. I need yeah. to make sure that I recognize that no, they're not going to think the way that I think. And I can't expect that of them. And on the, as, as we tie this all together, because we, we do need to wrap this up, but mm-hmm. is those things that you understand my, my strategic side it makes me realize that that when I'm communicating something via marketing channels, marketing platforms, I also have to communicate in a way that I may already understand, but my audience, my ideal customer would not. Mm-hmm. And I have to communicate in a different way. So it's, and as a marketer, your, your job is to understand that it's not, it's probably not you that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I can do really well is come into a business and say, well, these are all like, these are all great things that you're talking about, that you're saying, 
However, what is it that your, that your customer is not asking? Here are the things that your customer has questions about that you're not addressing because you think that everybody knows them. Mm-hmm. And to be able to look at things in a way that, you know, to be able to see things in a way that you don't see them uh, is, is helpful for your marketing efforts. And, um, and sometimes being able to look at that strength and go, oh, wow, okay, I'm strategic, which adversely means... A, B, and C. So what I would say is um, as you're as you're listening to this, if you haven't already, take the Strengths Finder assessment. Mm-hmm. And I think India mentioned it's about 30 minutes of reading and it's about an hour, 45 minutes of testing. And that, we'll call it two hours, is going to give you so much insight into who you are and how to be a better leader of people and how to address people better and mm-hmm. how to serve people better. And um, so by doing that, to be the best version of you that you can be, but then to also help people that don't have your strength and your understanding and your ability to understand the message that you're trying to communicate to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And I, I would recommend that, you know, this is for somebody in the professional world, especially like if you're, if you're just, you know, working on a marketing team, mention it to your boss. If you feel like you can't mention it to your boss, there's other subtle ways of saying like, Hey, have you ever taken the strengths finder 2.0 test? Like I just found out that these are my strengths and it was so cool. It was really helpful. And then come at it talking about yourself in a really positive light. Um, and then, you know, maybe they say, Oh, I'd love to do that. And then say, Oh, that's really cool. All you have to do is go here. Um, or take it to your HR person and recommend it that way. Take it to, you know, the owner or your boss and say, Hey, this would be amazing for a team building exercise. This is such a useful tool. Um, and then for those of you that, you know, if you're leaders, like if you haven't already introduced this to your team, you should right away because it will change everything in the best way. And then I also recommend, um, you can buy it online. Don't go with an audiobook version. That's I it has been such a useful tool to be able to look up different strengths and their definitions and just have the hard copy in your hand. But the nice thing is is that you can buy it and get your little code right away so that you can take your test right away. Um, and then you can, by the time your hard copy arrives, you'll have it in your hand. You can read the little 30 pages and then you can look at the definitions and understand your strengths better. Yeah. It's it's so amazing. It's it's just been life-changing for us. Perfect. And uh, I think it's important to say that this episode was not sponsored, not endorsed by StrengthsFinder <laughs> or Tom Rath or any of the affiliated parties, but um, just something that we strongly believe in. So mm-hmm. um, go check that out. We'll put a link in the description and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Marketing Breakthrough is a resource hub designed to provide a fresh perspective and tools to implement your next breakthrough idea. To access other resources or book a coaching one-on-one with India or myself, check out marketingbreakthrough.co.